Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C. I want to welcome you to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. We're taking the podcast in a little different direction for the moment. We're going to do some interviews. We're going to meet some of those who have been participants in the podcast. We're also going to meet others that have not been participants, uh, but have seen the study of the Tao to really resonate with them and be an aid in their recovery. And we talk about alcohol recovery here, but it could be recovery from anything that you have difficulty surrendering to basically because we found our problem is not in the problem the problem is in us and in our lack of letting go and today we're going to do a little different interview i'm i'm interviewing uh dennis b and we're not only going to interview dennis b but i'm going to talk about my own experience at the same time much more than i would in a normal interview so we're going to kind of interview each other, I guess, would be a good way to look at this. Uh, and then the future interviews hopefully will be less of me and more of the interviewees. So good to have you, Dennis. Good Thank to be here, buddy. And it's actually interesting because I, I rather want to interview you. You have you have still have more experience and, and more well read about this. But then again, when we go back to the Tao, it's really not about our intellect. Right? <laughs> well, it's about stepping past that, isn't it? You yeah. Know? It's about getting uh, surrendering the intellect because the knowledge I need is not in my intellect. What I need to is to remember what I have forgotten. And that comes from the knowing. And, you know, the Tao quote, um, we have uh, if we want to learn something, uh, if we want knowledge, we learn something new every day. If we want true wisdom, intuitive wisdom, we unlearn something new every day. So, uh, and that's, we're in the process of unlearning because we learn that when we approach this, you know, we have to approach it. It's totally different than any other uh, recovery for me. It almost killed me in approaching recovery the way I approached everything else. I'd been successful with most everything else in life other than stopping the drink. And it didn't work. Reading instructions, following the formula did not work for that. Uh, how about you, Dennis? Let's talk about some of your background, how you got here uh, and what that looks like. Give us just a few minutes of what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And then we'll get into some questions that are now uh, specific. So, uh, oh, let me, let me make one announcement. Guys, if you want any information about us, go to buddyc.org. There's a there's a daily Tao devotion that I'm writing that's there. There's a book there if you want it. There's also if you get there and you want a PDF copy of the latest version of the book, I'm happy to send that to you at no charge. So just email me from uh, from the the email there on the on the website. It's buddyc.org. Check it out. If it speaks to you, uh, maybe you can join in with us sometime. Have a Facebook group too. Lots of resources there. So uh, check, make sure and check that out if this is something that interests you. Okay, Dennis, uh, 
Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah, well, well, where where to start, right? Um, I'm, I'm. Well, the funny thing is, we, we this whole podcast started out of recovery, right? So, so I got to start with my defects somehow. How I am, I think that cuts right to the chase, right? So, so everything. Uh, if ever since I was little, I could see some self will run riot, and I think I would start it with in first grade. Now, where you, now you're not from the U.S. I'm not from the U.S. That's right. I, I don't know if people have heard it on my accent. I always joke around here and say I'm from Alabama, but you will probably realize that's not true. Um, clearly, I'm from Texas. That's uh, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm just joking. I am from Denmark. I'm from Denmark, and and so we have some some col- cultural differences, but but it's it's still the same. It, it really is. In in, in so, so that's not the big thing. Uh, I'll say, according to my my recovery, I I just am about to read the Danish uh, version of 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 the Big Book. And interesting enough, we didn't adopt the Big Book until 1989. And at that time, there was about a hundred uh, hundred sober Danish people. And um, it, it so to me, it's like the whole country by itself has to say, yeah, we we're not really alcoholics. Here, <laughs> even though we have a long drinking culture, so so we didn't need it until then. So that was a little mind baffling to me. That I found that out uh, a couple of years back. However, if uh, like I said, it's uh, when when we were talk trying to narrow into the God thing right away. In first grade, I remember we had this assignment where there was three pictures: one from way back in the days, and then one from present time and then an empty picture that you have to fill in yourself. And the two first one had a church in the end of this road, just like I was raised in a Christian school. And, uh, and it was just like, they wanted to continue with that church. And this other kid came up and said, Hey, why didn't you draw a church in, in the, in your picture in the last one? I was just firm. They said, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a church in my future. <laughs> And and now after I've been in recovery, I think that that there was my way of 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 escaping uh, that God thing that that I think is is deep down in all of us now. Um, uh, so so I was self will run riot, and I became an addict and an alcoholic for me to cope with life. I didn't have anywhere other way to cope with it. Uh, what do you mean cope? What? You mean coping when you wanted to escape or coping to enjoy or? Well, actually, it, it's interesting. Yes, it started with escape, right? But then when you're getting hooked on whatever drug it is, if it's alcohol or drugs or something, you realize that you're just triggering that allergy and that's going to be your chase. So it's just a mental loop you're throwing yourself in. So so for me to cope with other people or, or surroundings, uh, I, I had to have alcohol in me because I was very insecure and, and, um, and, and that, that, uh, that shined through me and I didn't want anybody to see. So I was building this facade that, uh, that so nobody could get into that. Right. So I, I, that, that, that was, that was mainly it. Um, and then I, I don't know if we're all ready to come to that. What happened? If there's any more, I don't know if you want any of the war stories. What, what, what it was. Uh, give, us, give us one enough to qualify. Dennis. Okay. One to qualify. I give you one of the most outrageous ones and then you can decide if you want to, if, if you want to, if you want to edit it out. Um, 
Actually, it starts with a very good friend of mine named Adam, and, and I met him in second grade. Adam came from Poland and, and, and didn't speak a day, word of Danish. But I love this guy because immediately when he came in and they couldn't speak anything, he just sat up in the window in the middle of class and would say like a chicken and look out the window. So I said, this is interesting. I like this guy. He was a straight eight student, but his alcoholism took him down a little bit faster than me. So, so I like to, to hide behind him. Now, fast forward to we get what in our twenties still talking to each other. Uh, a friend of mine just died in the age of 23 of uh, aneurysm and, and he drank a lot too, um, left a little kid behind. And, and I remember getting upset because there was a lot of people at the funeral. He was out of an artist family and, uh, and there was just a lot of people. And I got up, I didn't, I couldn't detect grief. I couldn't detect sorrow. I just went straight to anger on those people that didn't really know him. They were just showing up and crying. And and it made me want to make that drastic thing. I want to feel life. So uh, I decided to go to the join the French Foreign Legion. Hmm. And I mean, that's not a rational thought. But uh, and, and and to those people that don't know what the French Foreign Legion is, France in 18 something, there was a king and, and, and they were in war with Algeria at that time. And he formed this 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 army of people. um that was taken from 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 uh, citizens from other countries and bums and all that for the reason that there wouldn't be grieving widows. So when they went to war, he would go towards the, the ordinary army and say, hey, watch out. You, you, you have families to come home to. Be careful for each other. And then he turns around to the legion and said, you, you came to go to war and die. Uh, good experience with that. <laughs> that was it. So it, it takes kind of the, the 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 bottom of society and 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 that right that that kind of is a little little weird and and they train real weird round so it's a little it's it's a little abnormal compared to uh, regular armies. Anyway, this is really not set for me to be a, a Rambo type or anything, but I question if I could actually take another man's life and and how I would take that psychologically could i do it or couldn't i do it that was a question of mine also uh anyway the way i got down there because there was a lot of fear involved we had to pack up with a lot of booze some amphetamine how to say that amphetamine um that's how i say yeah we called it we called it speed back then we snorted i've never been into that other ones and then some hashish so it was kind of an elevator ride now, in the train down there, now my alcoholic friend is a little worse with the alcohol than I am, and he had, he already tried it once. Um, we were sitting in one of those coops where you're sitting like eight people there, and there's a hallway in, in the train, and there was people from Belgium, from France, and all that. Now, a couple of days later, we have broken down a CD of, of, of a girlfriend of mine and tried to put it into a cassette tape, and she was very upset about that, so she called me up to really yell at me. And I was really, really into my, my, we've done a lot of these drugs. So I just looked at the phone. I'm thinking, I'm going to the French phone legion. I know if I'm coming back here. So I sent that phone round to all the other, do you want to hear a mad Danish woman? And while she was complaining, all the other people just heard her complain and laughed at her. Right. There was, I mean, it was really disrespectful to this woman, but, but we just found it fun. And at the same, before I blacked out, I, I heard my friend saying to his girlfriend standing on the hallway, 
okay, baby, it's probably not a good idea. I'll get off on the next station. So he went off on the last station in Denmark before we entered Germany. And, and, and I stayed there for less than two days. They threw me out before a signed contract. So I wasn't really in there, but I was outrageous and I did some, some outrageous thing down there and couldn't sleep and, and all that. So I think God actually took care of me there because I might not have been sitting here if, if I, if I signed contract. And that's uh, not, huh? It's interesting how even in our uh, most uncontrolled situations, or most the highest amounts of self-will run riot, we can still see something behind the scenes when we look back. You know, it's uh, that's the part that gets me that we just have to accept and not not question it because we can't change that either. You know, we just I just have to be open to it. You know, that's the things I like to try to recognize if possible. You know? Yes. Yeah. And the funny thing was, I did see it as a God experience on the way back, kind of, sort of, because I didn't have money to get back to Denmark. I just had to to go back there and say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm from Denmark. I don't have any money. I'm going to just go on the train anyway and see what happens. And I got a stack of tickets I never heard anything from. So that was, that was it. It was, it was really, really a crazy behavior, right? Of, 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 of not dealing with my fear back then. I think now when I see it in the rear view. Well, we know now what it is. We didn't know at the time. No, no, no. Young and dumb, right? Never knew. You know, we didn't know that. And many people go through life. You know, what we realized in recovery was, that all of that adverse behavior came from uh, a base, a foundation of fear. Yes. Under that. Yeah. And if we work enough in recovery, we start uncovering those things when we work the steps. Exactly. We're able to see more of what our motivations have been. But even through that whole process, it's like we're, I'm going to speak to my experience. Which yes. Is yes the other thing in recovery is that, I seem to have always been taken care of whether I realized it, knew it, or was even wanting it. I was I was never out of the middle of this hand. Mm. I want to think about it that way. It never left. I, I actually want to ask into that with you because I think we you and I are very different and, and have different backgrounds. And and when I did the way and of course I don't know you, actually I'm working on the set aside prayer a lot. But but and this is my how I was thinking about you, you have, you had a more control. You, you were better, easier to control your, uh, you didn't have such an outrageous, um, story episode like I did there. You, you went to other places, right? With, with, with your background. How was your worst war story? If, if you could find one, what, where you could really see, how is that, buddy? Thank you, Dennis. Um, a lot of my out of the out of control was within, you know, it was uh, it was within. I remember the first time I thought I may be an alcoholic. I was at the time I'd already I was already drinking 24 hours a day and I was still in business and still uh, making money. And I was sitting at a real estate closing. It was about 11 a.m. And I needed to sign a deed to sell a house that I was selling, flipping something. I don't even remember the circumstances around it, but, and I couldn't sign my name. I was like, what is this? What's wrong with me? And I'm, 
35 maybe at the time. And I mean, there's, there's just no reason why I can't be able to sign my name. And what I realized was I'd been busy that morning. I'd ran out of vodka the night before and I hadn't had anything to drink that, that morning. I'd been busy working and, uh, it was a little bit of, uh, withdrawal. And I was like, wow, buddy, you've got a problem. So mine would show up with things like that. Now, as far as big, um, there wasn't really a lot. I probably the worst one that I can recall. Uh, was my family was on vacation down in Panama City. Uh, we're in northwest Georgia. Uh, I bought a lot of houses. I flipped a lot of foreclosures. So the foreclosure sale is on a Tuesday. And I always, or, or depending on the month, if it's the 4th of July week. So that week it could be on, uh, or it's on Tuesday, but it could be one of the other days of the week. So whatever day it was, I would drive home by myself. I would do the sale and then drive back that evening because the whole family went down with other families. So that was a, the week that everyone went and got the big condo and the penthouse in Florida. So I drove back, did my sale that evening before I came home. I said, I am not going to stop and get any vodka on the way home, the way back to Florida. Well, I stopped in Ackworth, which is the next town south of where I was. And I start drinking and I drink vodka and orange. after standing out in the sun all day, I start drinking vodka and orange juice at you know four o'clock in the afternoon on an eight hour drive or six hour drive down. So it's after midnight and I have a GPS and I cannot find my condo, even with a GPS and knowing the area somewhat, I get pulled over policeman uh, comes up and uh, he sees I've been drinking. And I said, listen, I said, uh, I'm just trying to find my hotel. I just need to get to my hotel. Can you help me? And he just sighed, said, yeah, go down here and do this and this. He let me go. He did not realize how drunk I was. I drank probably half of that half gallon over that, you know, eight at six hours, you know, of course not stopping to eat or anything. Mm. And so I get to the hotel and there are no parking places in the parking lot. So I start, um, which is totally out of character for me and because you know me, hmm. start kicking the door, the guard shack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and the guards on the phone says, OK, he's kicking the door, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, this is not me. You know, I'm not going to start doing stuff like that. But I was so angry and drunk that uh, and I finally caught myself. And I don't know where I parked or what I did. But anyway, I removed myself from that situation quickly enough that I didn't get arrested. Mm. So, But and I just remembered that how different I was when I was under the control of alcohol and granted inhibitions left, but sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that's a bad thing. So that's my worst story. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the one I've got others, but that's probably one of the most extremes. That's the opposite of what I am as far as personality, even at that time, personality and everything, you know, that, um, 
that would be applicable. But that's definitely mm. an embarrassing, you know, an embarrassing war story. Yes, that that's one of the things. I mean, I had many more hangovers when I got up because I was one of those with the alcohol. I was a bench drinker and then I got scared. So so really what got me that I rationalized what was the marana. And 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 in Denmark we we smoke it in form of hash. So it got kind of a chemical process. So it's a little bit stronger and, and it could make me fall asleep. Uh, I have had had some some traumatic experiences with uh, with a stepdad of mine that was beating me a little bit and was mentally abusive. So so I had some some sort of PTSD. He held me over a railing one time as a kid on a big cruise ship, right? And and that kind of gives you some something when you're a little toddler. So um, so so there has been that. Uh, and 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 that's actually thank God for that program that 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 we both have been been involved with that I don't even know as if we should mention it here. Sure, it's twelve step. We can, we're doing this anonymously, so we can mention AA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we're yeah. not we're maintaining anonymity, so I'm I'm comfortable mentioning mm. the name of the program if we're doing this in a in okay a, in an anonymous way. If we're maintaining- okay. Yes, yes, definitely. It is the twelve-step program that that has helped a lot, and 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 wow for that that I'm being able to see. So that's actually what happens, right? Now, one of the biggest things that has happened physically. So now, instead, when I get into trouble, I don't. I've learned not to keep pointing fingers at at what's happening out there, but let me go in and see what what am I? What's going on with me? Why am I reacting the way I'm reacting? And why do I get angry? And why do I do these things? That has been a huge, huge difference. It's a way of living, Dennis. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, we both came in thinking, you know, I know marijuana was what uh, was your primary. And and then you would drink. Mm-hmm. And then I know you had questions coming in whether this would work for you because really your your primary issue was marijuana. And so would this work? And my experience has been that it's worked for a lot of different uh, addictions, uh, even to the point that, you know, we have what don't we have a a marijuana anonymous meeting? Yes, there's that now from I think it was 89 or, or 90 something in California that started. And the same thing, they actually take it directly from the big book and just convert the stories. Otherwise, it's the same thing. Yes. The difference, I think, is uh, I was in some different meetings before I came in. I, my psychiatrist, psychologist had a catch-all. I call it a catch-all meeting, you know, where all of his addictive people came for a meeting every week. And, you know, there'd be all kinds of addictions there, except mostly drug addictions or meth or something like that. And me, I was the only alcoholic that was there. And I got nothing out of any, no hope that it would work for me, that I could get sober out of any of the stories. And the lady beside me was a nurse and she was fixing to go to jail for stealing scripts from her doctor and writing Loratab prescriptions. I'm sitting there and saying, how dumb I'm thinking to myself, how dumb can you be, you know, that you would do something like that, knowing that you're probably going to get caught. And I'm thinking this outside while I'm pouring me a drink in my car on the way home for the drive home. You see, so I mean, I'm <laughs> the pot calling the kettle black, right? I mean, this. Yes, and, and it's, I, I get that. I have a similar one. I mean, it was it was 
On the way home, I was getting a job at Highland Rivers to take care of all the consumers that's been down with the flag. Yes. And and I just celebrated starting there. And I had, I don't know, less than a year. And uh, the requirement was two years. So I had about a year, a little less. And I just celebrated the old job with 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 a big bottle of, of Captain Morgan rum and, and still me thinking I can do that because I'm a weed head. Right. And and then in the middle of all these uh, IT classes, I just had a big handle in my car. And it was just more important for me to go to that big handle and go home and get 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 wasted instead of taking those classes that I needed. Right. And then I sobered up again. So I so I thought I always had some control, and that has been the biggest issue in my recovery. That's why I've been in and out of this program for 14 years, and now it's 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 uh, something I have. And this is weird because this is recorded and all that, and and I hate saying this because after 14 years of in and out, you get to that point where you just said, "What's going to be different this time?" However, I have felt something different this time, and I don't know what it is. But hey, we'll see in the future if there is something about it or there isn't, right? So, so, so I'm okay with that, and I'm fine where I'm at today, and it's it's just amazing. And that is because of of the program has led to some friends. Some friends has led to the Dow, and the Dow has given me another vision of a higher power that that. Than, than I haven't seen before. That was amazing. And and that's you, buddy. I don't know if you can, if if, if I should say it too loud to you, but but you remember when that happened, when we went up to Pine Mountain and you told me about the vinegar tasters. So, yeah, that was how that started. Um, you know, the, what I found, and, and this is the reason that singleness of purpose is important. Mm. Uh, that's something if you ever go to AA, they'll talk about singleness of purpose that AA is for alcoholics. Mm. It's not for any other uh, addiction. It's for alcoholics. And that's not to be mean. That's not to leave other people out that you don't want, you know, to get sober. Uh, but it is vital. It is vital or has been my experience that it's vital, that it is for alcoholics only, mm. the AA meeting itself. And the, the reason I say that is because until I went to a meeting and saw someone who drank the way I drank, mm. I did not think it would work for me. I got hope on that very first meeting that it would work for me. The first time I heard someone tell any part of their story that had the same experience I had, then it worked. Um, and so that's why it's important. If you're in a meeting and you're trying to sober up from anything and you say, hmm, this just, I'm not getting any hope from this. Then I would look for another meeting. I would look maybe a, a different uh, branch of meetings, but I would find my community because mm -hmm. that's part of finding your community. I know with you, Dennis, even though, You've been in and out, and I was in and out the first five years of mine, uh, of my recovery. You still resonate with AA. Yes. Alcohol yes. was enough of your issue that, that it made sense to you. That That's one thing. And, and the reason why it's so important with the signals of purpose, this is my opinion, of course, uh, is that it's so important that we can relate to those that we, we, we're with. And, and, 
and uh, even that that if you can say that everything is a drug that's true it's a different animal and uh, that's my experience because I've done both of them and you want to relate to somebody where you can say oh so I'm always curious what is your drug of choice and that's kind of where you go so and I have both which has also been one of the causes for my relapse uh some people call it cross addicted I always joke with that. I heard that for somebody else. Great joke. He said, no, I'm not really addicted to crosses. I'm a Christian, but I'm not addicted to crosses. But cross addiction mean that, that you are, you're switching around. And, and I kind of saw that pattern in me when I sold it off from marijuana one time, I will relapse on alcohol and then vice versa, because that's how my magnificent disease in my mind works. So I can just not sober up. That's, that's how. That's well, what how was that the blind song? The guy was talking about that he can't hold it against his mom when she starts smoking pot, has a drink, and then goes to the rock. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yes. That same kind of deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's important that we find our community. So, um, and, and there are lots of different meetings. Lot, and I, as with everything that I've learned in recovery, the first thing I do is try trying to figure out what I need to do. Take a deep breath. And I am powerless over blank, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm powerless over finding a meeting that will help me with my pill addiction. Let's say mm-hmm. I'm powerless over this whole deal. I am open. Show me. Yeah. I'm open. I want to be free of this. Show me how. That's and that's it. Is- I'll let you in on, on this, what happened this weekend, because I've, I've, I just shared this as a, at a meeting early this morning and I'll let you in on it. So uh, it was, it was an emotional meeting because one of the speakers was, was having cancer and he had to sit down and his wife was up there with him and then she cried and he had to sit this down. This was over the weekend? Over the weekend. Um, it was uh, a roundup round yes. of some type. It's a, and a roundup for you guys that don't know is, a, uh, is an event. Of, and this was an AA event with with AA speakers, and there's a whole circuit of speakers that travel the country for these little pocket events all all over the country. And this one happened to be what in Tennessee? In Tennessee, and you have some of the big speakers, and, and it's not to, to to drop any names for for people and all that, but somebody that resonated with me. I always like to listen to Ralph White and and Charlie P and his wife uh, Katie P. Uh, was there and, 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 and I, and he, 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 he was sick. He was, he was severely sick and, and, and they're talking month and he was sit, standing there with kidney pains and had to sit down. So while working a step three or while talking about step three, he actually worked it at the same time and was, a, had the ability to stay present and that, and, and, and that really, really resonated with me. Uh, and the funny thing was, and I'm not, I'm not, buddy, you, you know, a little bit of me. I'm not the typical groupie that runs around and get people's autograph and, and all that afterwards. But I just wanted to, to shake his hand and say what he really, really did to me. And I realized there was a lot of other people because people stood in a line to talk to him. They didn't know if you would get, they got to talk to him again. 40 people has uh, offered him to give him pieces of their liver. <laughs> so it wow. was. It, yeah, it was a crazy thing. Just nothing but love, nothing but love. 
and you saw his wife sitting up there. He had to sit down and excuse because he thought that the audience couldn't see him because then the the, the speaker podium was in this way. I was so touched and I got up to talk to him and he cracked a joke about my shirt that I couldn't connect with my shirt. I had my Apple where I had my Apache uh, warriors on it and, and it says uh, uh, fighting national security since 1492. And he said, Oh, I have that in my garage. It's just differently. He's from Texas. And he said, it says, you can lay down your guns. Now the government will take care of you. Right. So, and, and I, I resonate with that, but I couldn't make the connection because I just want to talk to him. And I was honest to both Ralph White and him. I said, I've been in and out for 14 years. This was the response I got from both of them. Ralph has said, like many others in this program, just come on in. <sighs> come on in, man. You go, you've been around. And a lot of people have said that, but he didn't mean just come on into the rooms. Come to God. That was what he meant. And this is what we don't say in the rooms that much, that word that we're going to get into in this conversation in, 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 in our way of finding God. And it was so soothing. I was so in the mood of surrendering. Otherwise, I would never have gone up to him. And um, what is it? What did I call him? Charlie P. I forget his name all the time. He he was a little bit different when he wrote in my book after that, he just wrote a sobriety date and then he wrote 60 to 63. That's what you need to, to read in the big book. <laughs> right? And I, I know what that means, right? That's, uh, that's it. So, so what a wonderful thing all from surrendering. And, and that leads me back to, uh, to, to, to what we're talking about uh, in the Tao, right? Surrendering and acceptance. And, and you have to yeah. surrender to get to that point. Let's get to the, our Tao questions a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about something that we never talk about in meetings. And that is our perception of God. That Because in meetings, there's two. If you ever want to derail a meeting, okay, I tried for years and I found two ways, okay. <laughs> so it's a bad seed here, but I'm going to tell you the two ways if you want to derail a meeting. I had a really good meeting that I went to that was always wonderful for some reason. I wanted to see if I could derail it with a with a topic. I tried all kinds of things. And I remember we we got on our perception of God. And it was like a fishing story. I caught a fish this big. Oh no, well, I caught one this big, you know, that kind of thing. And it went so far off the rails. And I was like, ah, oh, we talk about that we have to have an awareness of some type, but we don't talk about what it is mm. for, for a group that says it's essential, but we don't talk about it. You know, it's yours. It's no one else's. You know, that's the opposite of what religion does. I recall in religion, you're given these sets of things that we believe this, you know, our, our belief statements. We're not given belief statements. We're given steps to work, and in working that, we start believing something. We start realizing and seeing. You know, it's backwards. You know, we what is it? We act our way into right thinking rather than think our way into right acting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about that a little. Uh, what and uh, if this is the kind of thing that uh, if you're listening to this and it, this is the kind of thing that turns your stomach. Like, oh, my God, they're going to tell us what to believe. No, it's like with everything else. We talk about our experience. We don't give That's the great thing about recovery. We don't give instruction. 
we say, okay, you do X, Y, and Z mm. and, you know, and then, you know, you'll never want to drink again. Nah, it doesn't work that way. It does <laughs> not work that way. We just share how we did it. And it's up to you whether it's, if it resonates with you and it's something that helps you, great. If it doesn't, great too. We, we have no control over that. We don't take responsibility for that. All we do is share what's happened with us. So I'll just peg you I'll, a few questions, Dennis, and I just want to see how these, we talked about your background. You were raised Christian, correct? Yes, yes. What Not, kind of- well, yes, I was raised as a Protestant, and it's kind of interesting. I, I went to a Catholic school, um, but but they just split it up uh, in the religion hours, and, and my mom was very affair with it. She was she was just like this is just what you do, and you have to be confirmated. I don't care, and um, and and I honored that. Even that I had um, I I had a, a kind of that still misbelief from whenever I heard Genesis in a very young age. I said, no, I don't think that a woman is created by a man's rib. I don't <laughs> I don't think that really happened, <laughs> right? So I had these questions where I said, and me, I love barbecue ribs, and I would not give up ribs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that I never, I never heard that before. That's a good. I gotta write that one down, buddy. That's good. And that, and the resurrection, resurrection. How do you say that? Resurrection. Resurrection from Jesus. I also had big questions to that. I said, no way that happened. There has been somebody from the disciple that did that. So I guess I kind of taken the the Jewish approach on that one. That that he was one of us. He was an ordinary human being. However. Then I learned something else where people are splitting it up like Jesus Christ. There was Jesus, the human, and then Christ, the Christ side of him, his his awakening, right? So for me, he was just, you know, yeah, that was it. For me, he was just another Buddha when I, when I, that, and that's probably how I still look at it, right? And, 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 uh, and, and we don't have to do that competition anymore that everybody is doing where we play us against them. And that's actually where the Tao is very, very good. And not going in and doing that. Hmm? Okay, so what, when you heard the Tao, which is T-A-O, what what does that mean to you? What, you know, some people say the Tao is another name for God. They say, do you have a quote that talks about that? I have a quote, and I've actually paraphrased that quote because I didn't remember it. So I put it in my journal and, and I paraphrased it on my first side of my new journal. However, I have a quote. And I heard this from Eckhart Tolle because he had a whole session on the Tao. And you know, I like, I like the spiritual mouse, as you call him. I, I prefer the, the enlightened Mr. Bean. That's, yeah. that's, that's how I see him always with that vest and that on. Right? I have to listen to his session on the Tao. Actually, I've, Trump- listened to that. I've listened to some of his stuff on that. Yeah, and, and that's good. So here's what I came up with. And, and this is what I still, what still resonates with, with my belief in a, in a higher power. And it says, it goes like this. There's something formless and perfect before the universe was born. It is serene, empty, solitary, unchanging, infinite, present. It is the mother of the universe. For lack of better name, I call it the Tao. Mm. And that's uh, supposedly a, a Lao Tzu quote. 500 BC, uh, about, right? Yeah, and for people who've never heard of the Tao Te Ching, T A O T E C H I N G. If we in the West were Easterners, if we were in China, uh, just like in the West or in the U.S. anyway, 
most people were raised with a Bible in the house, or at least know what the Bible is. They 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 have just some cultural knowing of what the Bible is. Well, in China, it would be the Tao Te Ching. Hmm. It's the second most published manuscript globally, only surpassed by the Bible in publication. I didn't know it was the second. Huh. Second, yeah. Only the Bible has been published more than the Tao Te Ching. Huh. And there's lots of different translations. If you go to buddyc.org and look in uh, our, our resources, we've got a, a store link or got a link where I've put a lot of the different books we use. And you can go from that link to Amazon. And, and anyway, anytime you want to help us, by the way, Click on one of those links first, and we get a commission off of everything that you purchase. So if you want to help us uh, with what we do, just keep one of our links on your desktop and just start there when you start searching on Amazon, and you will help us. Mm-hmm. Just a little side note. But one book we have in there is the Jonathan Starr commentary. In his commentary, it's like a Greek, if you're looking at the New Testament, the uh, the concordance that has the Greek word and all the different meanings of the word. So you could kind of build your own verse meaning. You can do the same thing with the Tao Te Ching and stars commentary. And there's a link there for it. If you want to purchase it, it actually does the same thing. So it puts all of the, the text, the Chinese text with all the different words. And they changed the Chinese language. My understanding is about 500 uh, AD. So, it changed, so it's not the modern Chinese Mandarin, I guess, that they have. It's an old language, so it's even more, you know, more difficult to translate. So there's a lot of good translations, but that would help you if you wanted to dig a little deeper into the language. Well, that's so, it. The Tao would probably say it's not in the translation anyway. <laughs> it's never in yeah. the words, this. Mm-hmm. It's in the knowing that comes from the words. It, yes. And I've heard it described so many different ways. You know, the words are the finger pointing mm-hmm. at the moon. Yeah. The words are not the moon. And and the Bible even says that um, that men have a form of godliness, but have denied the power thereof. In other words, these words they've thought, which were so important, they're not. It's it's the knowing that those words bring. That's what's important. Same with the steps and everything else. That you know, it's like with music. What makes music not the notes as much as the silence between the notes? Because if there were no silence, there it would not be music. Same thing. I I actually want to jump in here, buddy. For 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 those people who is not uh, alcoholics or addicts uh, and are not familiar with the twelve step program, is that it's vitally important that that we find uh, a belief in a power we we might or may not understand uh, because we are self will run riot. And and back to Carl Jung, um, he was the one that that actually told a guy named Rawlings that that there was no human help for him he was such a bad addict and alcoholic and and he needed something else which i assume that when you're a psychologist you're uh you're, you're big into science which is always interesting to me uh so so 
So I just want to throw that out there for, for those people who don't know. And that's why we have to, because I would otherwise, I'm very, I'm very science, science oriented and, and, and pride myself by calling me an agnostic because I love not knowing because I, I know I'm going to take over and I think I know something. And this is what I learned this weekend, buddy. I don't know if you heard this before. You probably has. I'm pretty sure you have. And it's so interesting because. Sobering up an alcoholic, that's the easiest part. Stopping him from playing God, that's way worse. <laughs> that's how, right? <laughs> yes, because that's what we learn. We learn just to play our part. Mm. And the Tao so wonderfully describes that in all the, all the different um, quotes and text because there's 81 primary there's 81 verses in the Tao Te Ching and you can read them in no time at all Uh, you can use them even as a devotion and start over again with the first one if you wanted to Uh, but it teaches you things like the man of Tao stands on what is already moving see it's about noticing and letting go more than it is about creating because I found in my life the more aware I am It's not about working harder and doing better or trying. It's about really the opposite of letting go so I can see what's already there for me that I'm not even noticing because I'm trying to run the show. Yeah, exactly. Have you caught yourself on that sometimes still that, that sometimes when, when you are, when you're talking to somebody, um, you're not really paying attention. You're just thinking about, Oh, he said something that, that I can relate to. Let me think about how I'm, I'm going to formulate that out. So you're missing something, uh, of what's being said because we're just really focused on, Oh, what am I going to say? Because that, that's really more brilliant than whatever you have to give me. <laughs> you know, I was sitting in a meeting one time, Dennis, and I was thinking this is before the pandemic and it just came to me that if I would do this practice, what I'm fixing to say, that it would open up all kinds of things for me. And it was go around the room. I'm sitting in a meeting. I don't, I go to maybe two, three meetings a week. Sometimes I go to one a week. Most of the time, at least one a week. I will open my heart to the person. Let's say that you were the first person in around the room, Dennis. I would say in inwardly. I open my heart to Dennis. I send Dennis love. How can I help Dennis today? And what I didn't realize, those are the three treasures in the Tao Te Ching. I think it's verse 67. Those are actually the the three treasures that we're to guard with all of our heart. I had to cough when you said that. Say those three again, buddy. I'm sorry. I was coughing. and And you can put, you can describe them so many different ways. But uh, compassion is one of them. Yeah. So I said, I, um, I send Dennis love is one of those, you know, first I open my heart to the person. And one of the other, um, treasures is humility. And I have to be humble to open my heart to you because I prefer the opposite. You know, I, pr- I prefer to think I know what's going on. Why should I? open up to this person yes so open your heart and sending love with humility is that uh and the the next one is how can i be of service oh okay and uh the third treasure can be translated as frugality 
or moderation. So you could line that up any way you wanted to, but those three treasures are, are included in those three statements. Now you, you mentioned some more ones and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm getting confused easily. <laughs> you, you say stop open thinking. My heart is yeah, open my heart and you're sending love is the I same. Love yeah. And then how can I be of service? And service is the third one. Yes. Okay. And then you can have humility and all those things. All that stuff fits in, but I, I, I did not realize that the three treasures can be matched to those things. That's very similar to this 12 step program also, right? The, the legacies there. Yes, exactly. Yes. Because it's about, uh, what do they say? Unity, like, recovery, and service. Yeah. Unity, recovery, service. Yeah. Uh, uncover. Discover, uncover, discard, you know, yeah. all those little, little phrases that we have. Mm. Serve God, clean house, help others. Mm. They all have those elements of surrender and cleaning up, then going and helping others. And helping others can does not have to be something huge. It can be as as little as holding the door, it can be the intention to be of service. Even mm-hmm. how can I be helpful today? I want to be helpful. That's it. That's, that's it. That's good. Not saving the world, it's putting you in a position so you can help save the world, one person at a time, one action at a time, in the next moment. I uh, actually, before we get to the next, we actually only down to the second question here. I think right has your view. On the high power chain since you started the, your recovery journal, yes. and and, yes. and how similar is your present high power to uh, the one you grew up with? Is what we're touching on now. And right. so, how did you uh, how did you get in in touch with the Tao? I know it was through the vinegar tastes, like you you told me that was your, and that made sense to me. Can you please tell the the vinegar taster story? I think it's important. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And also the vinegar taster story, you can read that on buddyc.org. I put the different parts of the book there, and I think it's in the preface. So look for the preface in the book parts, and you can read the story. Uh, When I've been sober a little while, Dennis, I realized I was still lacking something with this higher power connection. You know, at the time, I, I didn't meditate yet. I would read, you know, just a few minutes a day and do a simple little you know, blessing for me prayer, you know, kind of thing that we're taught, you know, I mean, it was just all still all about me. I didn't know what to do. I knew something was missing. So I started looking. Uh, I read the Nag Hammadi all the way through, which is this huge book with like lots of, it's like reading the Bible through more or less. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's all the Gnostic writings that weren't included in, in the Bible. So I read through all of those. This is a year, two-year process, okay? So I read through all of that. I started looking into Buddhism and uh, looking into anything else I could find. The Cloud of Unknowing, all these other books, spiritual in nature, I started looking at. And one day I came across this painting of the vinegar tasters. And I was not aware that years ago they used vinegar for all kinds of medicinal purposes. You know, they'd have... uh, and they flavor vinegar in different ways. So they had vinegar tastings where they would come and taste the vinegar, you know, like you'd have a wine tasting, I guess. So it's a metaphorical meeting between Confucius, Lao Tzu. Uh, of course, we know about Confucianism. It's much like uh, the Proverbs in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. 
you know, if you do the right things, then the right things will happen kind of thing. Lao Tzu, who is attributed to writing the Tao Te Ching, that we're talking about the Tao, and Buddha. So this is a metaphorical meeting between the three. They were all actually thought to be alive at the same time. So it's not impossible that it could really have happened, but not likely. Um, so they all were at a vinegar tasting. So, and they were all responding to the vinegar, vinegar tasting in a way that relates to their belief systems. So first was Confucius. He tasted the vinegar. He spit it out and said, you know, wow, you know, nothing spiritual at all, you know. Why, why would anybody taste something so vile? I don't, I don't see the purpose or the reason behind this. Buddha tasted the vinegar. He said that we suffer because we would like the vinegar to taste different. You know, we suffer because of our attachment to things and, you know, all of that, you know, going into all of his deal. Lao Tzu tasted the vinegar and he smiled. He said, it's vinegar. That's how it's supposed to taste. What's all the hoorah about? <laughs> Acceptance, in other words, right? Acceptance. Yes. yes. And when I, and if you're new to recovery, acceptance is a huge part of recovery. And when I accept things as they are, I start working toward the point that I quit playing God. So that's the whole aspect of that. And I find peace and joy. And I know this from personal experience. I find that peace that I'm really looking for, not when the situation is different than what I want. It's when I accept the situation as it is right now in this moment and stop fighting it and surrender to the moment. Okay, That's when I really have the peace that I'm looking for. It's not in changing it. Now, granted, there may be some things I can change. That doesn't mean I change nothing. But in this moment, I can change nothing. Mm. Nothing I can change right now is like a film strip rolling through. When I see it, I'm on the next ones are coming. Now, I can change the ones coming up, maybe, maybe not. But I cannot evaluate those until I take the moment itself and stop fighting it. If I'm busy fighting the moment, I'm not going to be able to see what I can change or not change. Mm. So. So that's the vinegar, vinegar. Which leads you back to I'm standing with what's moving, right? Uh, Yes. Yes. That's good. I'll let the hug settle. Another really great one, I think, that's very applicable is another quote. Can I allow the mud to settle? Like you've got a, I think of a, a Tupperware tub of muddy water is what I think of when I see this. Can I allow the mud to settle? So the right answer appears by itself. I'm like, wow, all I got to do is stop fighting and then I can see clearly. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to do. That's the problem. I, th- I thought I used to have to create the, uh, the, the answer, but I don't. I just have to stop fighting. And my experience has been the answer is there already. I just can't see it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started looking at the Tao. From there, I said, Oh, this is just acceptance. Let me go and see what else they have to say. So that's where I started with it, Dennis. Mm. That's good. That's good. What's your favorite, what's your favorite quote? Do you have a, or verse? Do you have one? Because I, I couldn't find one. I have to say that it, it depends on where I'm at at the given time or, or just what, what hits me. I, I would love to read the second one out of Stephen Mitchell here. At, at go, ahead, go 
go ahead. It was just because the first one was is a little deeper than the second one, I think, and it it actually explains about the Tao, the first verse, I think. So um, now I got to watch out. I have my reading glasses on here; they're a little different. Okay, so the second one in in the uh, Steve Mitchell verse uh, translation says. When people see some things as beautiful, other things become ugly. When people see some things good, other things become bad. Being and non-being create each other. Difficult and easy support each other. Long and short define each other. High and low depend on each other. Before and after follow each other. Therefore, the master acts without doing anything and teaches without saying anything. Things arise and she lets them come. Things disappear and she lets them go. She has but doesn't poses. She has but doesn't poses. Acts she has but doesn't possess. Oh, that's what it is. There's two is there. That's right. She acts but doesn't possess. Uh, acts but doesn't expect. When her work is done, she forgets it. That is why it lasts forever. That's a beautiful one for me. And it is described in poetry that it's in the introduction and man that, that that hits home with me it it and it leads you back to nothing so so, so that's why it's so close to re- related to zen buddhism right <laughs> well zen came out of zen and well buddhism came out of Taoism is what they they think that Tao Taoist thought was first with that and then oh, got, that's interesting yes i've read some on that so that's what what I read, uh, but it's interesting here too, Dennis, with this, <clears throat> it lasts forever, not because she works to make it last. It's because she doesn't try to make it last. She forgets it. Mm. She accepts it for what it is, because the problem is if we're not accepting, we're full yeah. of expectations. Yes. But we're unhappy if things aren't turning out the way we want them to be. Yeah, yeah. That is so. I fall short for that trap. I want the, the validation when I'm done with the work, with with the job, right? Instead of just yes, that's it, right? I I, <laughs> I say, hey, look, look what I did. And I see a lot of people in in my field in construction and carpentry, and I've actually stopped with that where they come. Oh, look at look at these pictures, and and I want to see yours. If I don't have any. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a bad promotion because that that's that's. That's how people get into it, but that's okay too. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know, there's got to be a balance there and finding that balance can be difficult. But for me, I try to err on the humility side of that rather than the promotion side. Back to that attraction versus promotion mm-hmm. that we hear so much in AA. Yes, exactly. And that was, you, you can say that's the same thing. That's the same way I got into Tao. It was not because you promoted it to me. You just told me the vinegar flavor. Said, "Yeah, that makes sense. Why would you? Why would you strain off to what your idea of how vinegar tastes? I mean, it's it's vinegar. (laughs) Yes, I I call sure for that because this morning it was cold outside here in Georgia, and I just came up from the Appalachians up in North Tennessee, and it was twenty degrees. I didn't have clothes for it. I didn't think about it. <laughs> and then we're coming back. I'm saying, I'm ready for some summer yet. And and I made a joke outside the, the, where we have our meetings. I rolled down the window and I said to the two that was talking, if you two could just stop talking and bring some warm weather, I'll be fine. 
And this girl just says, you know what? I will pray about it for you, but it's really out of my control. <laughs> so so yeah. here we go again, right? And and it's the same thing. It's just cold. That's what it is, right? Yeah, I need to throw on some clothes. Would I like it to be different? Sure, mm-hmm. I would like or I like to be in shorts right now, but I'm mm-hmm. not. You know, I'm not. But yeah, you know, just accepting the moment for what it is. We also have Stephen Mitchell's book with a lot of others in in that link, if you're having difficulty finding it, buddyc.org, look for the bookstore link. It's in the menu. Dennis, I don't have a real favorite. I just like it all. Like all. <laughs> all 81? I mean, there's there's all not 80. one where you say, yeah, I could do without that one. <laughs> nah, I like them all, and I like the ones that we found in the Chonsa, too, that we that Man of Dow stands on what is already moving is from the Chonsa, who was a student of Lao Tzu. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's one of my favorites. And then allowing them, actually, I, I quoted two of my favorites this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I haven't even read them yet. I got up late. That was what I said. I hadn't meditated yet before this meeting. And, and that's, that's my go-to. Now, here's the thing I want to get to, buddy. I just told you my favorite quote from, from Lao And, and then I'm going to jump up to verse 25 in your book that says love. And let me read this this out for a little bit, and then you'll uh, you'll see the similarity between that and the, and the Lao Tzu quote. There was something containing everything before the world began, empty, complete, unchanging, tranquil, formless, ever giving, and in constant motion without effort. This something permeates everything accessible everywhere. If I were to impose a name, I would call it the Tao, the way or how higher power. So you actually explain what the Tao kind of means in, in Christian terms or in the Tao terms right there by saying the way or higher power, right? And that's also recovery lingo. We use higher power there. This way is functioning everywhere, ever flowing and always returning. Man follows earth. Earth follows the universe. The universe follows the way. The way always follows the nature of love. These four are the great ones. They naturally follow each other in a continual, in a continual harmonious dance of love. One second I thought, I think I will call this something love. Yes. Right. And, and we have talked about that for a while with, with why don't we just, what if we, 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 we change the word God for love? And that's in the Bible too. I am, he's love. Right. God is love is what yeah. first John, I believe it's first John talks about that. Yes. So, so actually, and I think that might be my, I guess that might be why I, I marked it, that that might be my, my best words from, from your book. And you got that from, from the 21st, 25th verse of, of Tao Te Ching. Yeah. Yeah. I just read them and meditated on them and said, hmm, what would this mean to me in my recovery? Because we'd already, gone through all of them and we looked at them all the time so Mm. and that's what came out of that or these these 81 verses but uh so what was your god belief in the beginning let's talk about a little bit with you how that's changed like from when you know let's say middle school grammar school whenever you first had this idea of god what did you think god God was, what did that mean to you? 
uh, from middle school. How old are we in middle school? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta take this over to Danish terms. So middle school, you're like twelve. We were eight or ten years old is good. Okay, eight, you were a kid, a younger yes. child. I didn't, I didn't believe in God when I was ten, by some, which is kind of funny. I was the one that was making jokes whenever we went to to the to the audience to do the morning uh, psalms and prayer in the morning. I would strain away from it because I already had that kind of doubt to Genesis, and there were some some other parts of the Bible where I said this this is, can't be true because I never bought into the mysticism for some weird reason. So I I kind of guess I was an agnostic back. Not agnostic. Yeah, agnostic back then. I knew there was something, but I didn't know what it was. And a funny thing when I was a kid, I always did this thing. If if I could push myself physically by doing these things, um, my 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 inner prayers that I just called thoughts would would would, would come come true. So I did all these silly little things, and I don't think they always came true or anything. It it was just like that. However, this is a funny, true story, though. Since I was in a Catholic school in ninth grade, we had to go down to Rome and see the seven big churches. We got a special tour in, in St. Peter's Church and all those things. And in Forum Romano, they have this black rock. And I might be wrong about this. If somebody want to quote me and correct me, please do. And I don't know if they call that black rock Laptis Nikas or something, but that name is just stuck in me. And for some reason, they had that rock there. And if somebody stole anything from that rock, they would be they would be haunted by all these kind of bad luck and all that for the rest of their life. Now, Adam, which is dead now, by the way, suffocated in his own vomit. He was an alcoholic, right? We stole a little piece of this rock, both of us, and made fun of it. And when we were sleeping at night, we were lying there robbing this rock. We were like five or six people in a room and some of the other guys got in an argument and we just laughed at it and, and had a little fun. Then we got scared. So we thought, hey, we got to return this, but we're not going to go into Forum Romanum again. So we passed by where Forum Romanum was and there was this big uh, brick fence. So we threw them both in the direction where we thought that rock would be and we got scared. We, we simply got scared. And you can see how our, our lives kind of turned out with, with our alcoholism and drug addiction. Hey, maybe there is something with, with, with great belief in, in some sort, right? So that was, that was belief. And it's definitely with what we believe. If we, if we buy into that. Uh, yes. I, I, there's an element there that I don't understand, you yes. know, but, yes. but I believe there's something there. You know, I'm I'm open to to what. So, so so that was kind of my belief, and and you could see my fear kind of led into that belief because if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't have thrown that rock back and being afraid. But but something happened when we did that action, like two kids w- w- would do, and we, we were 16 at the time. So so I don't know if that explains what I believed in and in my agnosticism. And by the way, for those that don't know, with with agnostic is comes from the believe gnostic is uh, means knowledge and agnostic means uh, without knowledge in latin that's where that comes from so so an agnostic the difference between an agnostic and an atheist is the atheist believes there is no god mm. the agnostic says that we can't prove there is or is not a god 
Yes, and, and, and it's actually interesting. I, I listened to Ricky Gervais. I really like there's a he considered himself as being an, an uh, atheist, but he says that you cannot really be an atheist without being an agnostic because atheist has to come to the term. And, and, and I'm talking about the, the Big Bang now that we have not figured out what it was in those, that, that, those crucial moments. They know kind of seconds and moments after what happened there, but they can't explain what happened there. So they always lead back to, I don't know. And if you go back to, I don't know, then there has to be some agnostic in, 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 in atheism, right? And, and then Gnostic, not agnostic, but Gnostic, uh, is a belief that's experience based. And so what we learn in the steps and what we do is an experience-based belief. That's the way I understand uh, Gnostic to be. So it's definitely what we do is based on not what we're told to believe or mm. not what we should do. We don't should all over ourselves if we can help it. It is what someone else has experienced and shared with us. Oh, okay, let me try what they did. See if it works for me. Yes, Gnostic. And you have St. Francis and Mother Teresa in that category with Gnostic belief, a personal experience and a direct contact to, uh, yeah, yeah. to that. Higher um, okay, so this this higher power. So when you came into AA, did you pray to a God or did you ask for help? How did that work? Oh, my goodness, buddy. Like I've said, and, and, and like I said, I couldn't grasp the God concept so much. So in the beginning, I came in with anger and frustration. And for me, I remember my first higher power when it was said, you've got to find something. It was an angry little dwarf looking down at humanity and say, oh, look at how silly they are down there. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That was how I started. That was huh. when I got in and, and tried to sober up first time. I don't know. Did, did that explain enough that that was what happened? And then it changed. So, so you're looking as God is love now is how you're looking at God is something external of you or is it internal to you or what? How do you see that? Love. And that's, uh, I gotta, before I go in and, and say that, yes, God is definitely love. Um, I have to say the two differences between the love that I understand. First, there is the romantic love. And that is uh, when I want another person. That person makes me feel good. Uh, we're talking relationships, uh, partnership, whatever it is. I want that person. That person makes me feel good. That's the romantic love. Now, true love is when I want that other person good. And I want that person good without me being involved with it. That's that's true love. And, 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 and for that reason, yes, God is love. Um, also, I see God as as empty. So if I had that choice today, if I had that choice today with those pictures and, and there was the before pictures where I saw the church, which was all good and all that, I wouldn't do anything with the last picture. It just is. It just is. And it's unexplainable. So I don't need to put anything in there. That's what's so beautiful for me. I'm falling in love with what is, right? Yes. This present moment, I'm falling in love with what is. I don't need to change anything. I just am in this. And that goes back to I'm standing with what is. A lot of Tao quotes and, and, and that. And that is beautiful. It cannot be explained in any other way or better, I think. So so that's where I'm at now. Also, too, we did some podcasts where we went through Byron Katie's 
paperwork. So if you look back through our prior episodes, you, you can find that, that we went through her work that she gives for free on the website. You can get some of our, if you want to listen to that. And we did that in a group. Yes. There were several people talking about their interpretation and how it spoke to them. Okay, before we wrap up, so you're looking at God is love now. How do, so the Tao, do you think the Tao is just another name for this? Yeah, he says you know, a lack of better names. So the name really doesn't matter. I, I don't care to, to call the Tao. That, that, that I could do, but I like the emptiness better because then it's open to whoever, whoever, uh, however they want to perceive it. Because it seems like everybody that's seeking a spiritual life needs some kind of human figure or, or, or something earthly, materialistic figure to, to get to that point, right? And the Tao is, is probably the best one. Yeah. Huh? It starts there mm. and it moves within for me mm. so that I realized that that was just opening an inner door that was already there that I didn't know. You know, I used to think God was out there and I I was here, but that shifted to where now it's more of I am just a drop God. It's like we're all like a drop out of the ocean, you know. Bhakti calls it uh, that we're all drops out of the ocean of love. Yes. Oh, that's. And the other thing I like about that, Dennis, it helps me this oneness that we're talking about. Uh, Let's say your hand had some consciousness to it. And it's talking to the other hand. It's going to say, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. Without no effort on my part, I was sitting at this table. A fork, I picked up a fork and I started putting food into this mouth. This mouth did nothing for me at all. I was, I was the one doing the work. I was putting the food in the mouth and later on I felt better and I don't know why. So it's the same connectivity that you're talking about in that the same way the hand does something that doesn't appear to help the hand really helps the hand. Hmm. And and our connection is such that the same thing happens. They found I did not know this. If you go into a forest and you're gonna and you plan to to cut down a tree, let's say, that tree automatically when when you the decisions make, or if the tree is dying, either one, that tree automatically starts taking all of its nutrients. Mm. And delivering the nutrients through it root through its roots in the direction of the trees that need it the most, not just you know in general, just doing that as part of the in other words, there's an intelligence there. Same thing happens when a decision is made to cut down a group of trees, let's say for development or pulp wood or whatever. Mm-hmm. When the decision's made to do it, the trees automatically start giving away what they have. Life is a wonderful thing, right? <laughs> I'll connect. You know, that's just showing the connect or, or the idea of when you talk to your plants and say good things about mm-hmm. your plants, they, they grow better. Yeah. How in the world does that happen? Why does that work? You know, all those things that we learn, you know, that 
that have to do with our connectedness. Or I'm, I live at a lake and I see the birds fly by and they're all flying together and they all move together like one. This is something that's not understood. We don't know why they do that. Can't be explained, but they do it all the time. It's that oneness that we don't understand. So, yeah, that's where I go back to, Dennis, is, is that we're we're all one and we just don't understand that when we help someone else. That's why Christmas is so popular for yeah. a lot of people. The Christmas spirit, in quotes, it's the only time of the year they experience doing something for someone else. So they feel good and they wonder, they don't know why they like the Christmas spirit. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I just, I just, um, when we go back to, to the, the word, the Tao, I think it's also important to say that it doesn't mean God. I, I think it's, it's translated like we're supposed to mean the book of the way, right? So Tao means the way. It's uh, the book of the way of virtue. Day, hmm. T E is virtue. Hmm. King is book, Tao is a path. So mm-hmm. you could say the Tao to my car is the path to my car. Mm-hmm. So the word Tao is not the spiritual aspect as much mm-hmm. as the word day, T-E. Mm-hmm. Day is virtue. So it'd be the love. So it's the mm-hmm. book of the path of love. Ah, really. so there it goes. That that was not in, in, in the beginning of Stephen Mitchell. They just he just mentioned the way. So that's actually good. I like that. But that's but the way the, of what? You know? Yeah, the way of what? Yeah, that's true. It's the way of virtue, though. And what's so interesting to me also, because he does mention the duality enough, but when you get to, to the Tao, you get beyond that. Won't you say that you are not, you're not affected by the good or the bad and all that? There is that place that we can all find. There's, there's within us and there's before the universe was born that we just read a couple of times here. And that is, that is, that is really it. And I can even feel it when we talk about it, that, that it gives me, sure. yeah, that's, yeah. So any other questions we didn't cover? I think we, well, there was just the, the recommending uh, podcast. Yeah. I recommend the one that you closed, buddy, <laughs> our recovery podcast, but well, it'll be back. It's just taking a different phase right now. Okay. And good. I, good. And this is resonating so well. You're the first one I've recorded. This is resonating so well. I'm thinking that this will continue with this format for a while. We might throw in a few meetings. I'm just going to be flexible with it, but it's not stopping. I just didn't know how to. I thought we needed to make a change. So I said, let's just stop and see what happens. And and sure enough, I said, oh, I need to start doing interviews, I think. (laughs) People people like interviews. I'm telling you, I've, I've, I, I drove up to Tennessee for our drive, one one with, with one person and the other one with one, and I learned a lot. On the way back, I only get to talk like 10 minutes, but I listened to a guy that really needed to tell his story for four hours. And that was uh, that's that was pretty cool that I was even able to do that without banging my head towards the, the door because normally I wouldn't need I mean, we hear it a lot, right? So, <laughs> and, and and what a beautiful relationship we can we can find when we're just opening up to another human being with true love and not that romantic love. What can I get out of this, right? That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, our response can tell us too if we're 
where we're at with that because a big question is, well, how can I do it without, you know, how do I know if it's real love or not? You know, how do I know that I'm not just doing something for my benefit? Well, mm-hmm. just take the action anyway. Yes. And you'll know from your response to the action as to what your motivation is and keep doing it over and over. And you'll eventually realize that you're doing this from a, a good motivation because it grows, it builds, it's a practice mm-hmm. like everything else. That's it. So we learn that. So you know, to I'm for I actually read because you were the one that's that's going out. I listened to another podcast. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I think one of them is a doctor, right? Uh, But you know more about the the Dow podcast to recommend. uh, What what kind of podcast do you recommend to to others? My favorite podcast is a more of a meditation podcast that, and it discusses Satma, which is a meditation based. Uh, I think it's Hindu, a version of Hindu it's spiritual awakening radio, James Bean. And I like listening to that. I have a lot of different podcasts. Dow um, recovery. I don't have any that I can send you toward. There's a couple of Zen podcasts. The Zen of Everything, I like that. Um, and then I like, what's Dr. Totten? And yes, uh, that was the guy I was thinking about. I don't remember what it's called. Isn't it's it? on our list. Um, the Dow of Our Understanding. No, that's yours, the Dow of Our Understanding. What's this Dow all about? Yes, that's what right. it's called. And they're not doing as many episodes now, but they've got a good um, history of episodes there, and they've got some different things that they do. So I I would check that one out and and get in the middle of, uh, of your herd. Yeah. And if you don't know what to do, just tell, I speak out loud. I don't know what to do. And I just sit until I believe I do. Yes. I think actually, that that is actually that that is what Dao has has helped me to. I I meditated before we got into this, but really, and when you're feeling bad, just sit still and be okay with feeling whatever bad feeling it is. I mean, even if it's anxiety, if you have depression, whatever it is, allow that to happen. That's uh, that's that's the way out of it for for me, right? That's one of the things, and, and then of course we have other tools, so. Um, any closing it, remarks, Dennis? Anything you want to leave with everyone? Or well, I just want to again, you know, more uh, Dao-related books than I do, but but in recovery, powerless, but uh, but not helpless. Remember the first time I, I was trying to promote this for you? Uh, yeah. what, what was it I said? It was just something that was really, really uh, demoting instead of promoting. Powerless, but not helpful. That was what yes. <laughs> of course, powerless, but not helpless is what it's called. Powerless, but not helpless is, is an amazing recovery tool. And then, you know, all the others, I don't, uh, you know, well, and also guys, if, if, if the Tao resonates with you, uh, I do a free devotion that I'm writing that you can sign up for at buddyc.org. And if you want a PDF copy of the book and the, uh, if that would help you more or just like it, uh, email me and I'll be happy to send you a PDF copy, no charge. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate you being here and we'll catch up soon. Thank you, buddy. Yes. Bye.
Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.